Uh, one fun fact about you. Well, I had the great honor several years ago to attend a very small dinner at the White House, about 30 people. Um, and our guest host was President George Walker Bush. And um, also in, in, in attendance was Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor and uh, Chief of Staff Andy Card. And to my right at my particular table was uh, First Lady Laura Bush. And to my left was the late Tim Russert from Meet the Press. That is incredible. It was amazing. It was well, amazing. It is it is time to learn more. This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agronovus Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science and ag tech. Our guest today is a pioneer in energy, food and agriculture. She founded the Agribusiness Law Group at one of the Indiana's largest law firms, and is an often sought advisor to food and ag business companies across the country. Her work to advance the ag bioscience economy has taken her to multiple countries with at least three Indiana governors. She's tremendous, incredibly bright. She joins us today. Welcome, Melissa Prophet, partner in charge of client relations and chair of the Food and Energy Group at Ice Miller. Melissa, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Well, thank you. It's great to be here and great to be with you. It is great to be with you, Melissa. You are a force of nature in Indiana and ag bioscience. For those that don't know you, share with us more about the story that is Melissa Prophet, where you grew up, what brought you to ag bioscience? Sure. Well, I grew up locally. I grew up in Noblesville, Carmel, and Indianapolis. Um, my father was a lawyer and my mother was a nurse. And um, from the beginning, I either wanted to be a nurse or a paralegal. And I can remember as I grew up and maybe hit junior high age, my dad looked at me and said, well, why wouldn't you want to be a doctor or a lawyer? So I decided, okay, I think I want to be a doctor. And then I took high school chemistry and that knocked me for a loop. And I decided to go into law <laughs> instead. So um, I attended Indiana University undergrad in Indiana University Law School and had always intended to join my father's law firm. It was a small firm um, in Hamilton County. And as I went through the interview process, um, I changed my mind and decided that really I wanted to be in Indianapolis downtown. I wanted to be at a larger law firm. And um, so I started interviewing. And at the time I interviewed, there were three major law firms in the state. Ice Miller was one of them. And um, I can remember coming home, having so much fun with my dad. He knew every lawyer in town and he wanted to hear about everybody that I interviewed with and what I thought. And um, I ended up picking Ice Miller primarily because of the people. Um, I just really connected with them and I understood through my dad's law firm practice how important personal relationships were and getting along with your colleagues. And so um, I chose Ice Miller and um, immediately went into the labor and employment area and um, four or five years into it changed into employee benefits and was always very interested in firm leadership at a very young age. And so um, started sort of going through the ranks at the firm and ended up being the first female managing partner that the firm had ever had and the youngest managing partner at the firm. Um, and so I was involved in firm management for a long time, very much enjoyed that. And then that led to me becoming more involved in politics and in the community. Mm -hmm. So um, I had somewhat of an entrepreneurial spirit as well, 
started a couple different practice groups, hired some non-lawyers for the first time, did different things. And um, here I am 37 years later. And we're, we're all better for it, Melissa. I, I love your passion around food and agriculture. I mean, you and I have talked about food and agriculture for many, many years. What was that spark? What tipped the scales in the favor of food and ag as you really jumped in? So it was the trade missions that I went on. Mm. Um, I've had the great honor and great fortune to not only travel with you, but many other amazing leaders. I've been on 17 trade missions, as you mentioned, with uh, Governor Daniels and Pence and Holcomb, and then also Mayor Ballard. And it really was that first or second trade mission. Both of them um, traveled to Japan. And there was a long, as you know, 17-hour plane flight um, <laughs> taking us over there. And I had the good fortune to sit next to your predecessor, Beth Bechtel. And Incredible as lady. a result, yeah, talked to her for 17 hours. I don't think we slept at all um, about, <laughs> about everything. But ag was a really big part of our discussions. And she was fascinating. And she was passionate about it. And then that allowed me, once we landed um, on these trade missions, there was always a separate ag group. They had their own agenda. They had their own places they were visiting and they had their own people that attended. And um, I, I really watched and listened and learned and talked to the Sunny Becks of the world and countless other individuals that attended these trade missions. And I realized how fascinating the industry was how there was not a firm in the state of Indiana that focused on ag. I didn't understand why or how that could be the case, considering how important it is to our state and to our economy. And so I came back and um, at the time was in management and said I wanted to start this agribusiness practice. Firm was hugely supportive. And what I needed was someone who understood the industry. So mm -hmm. I understood how to start a practice group within a law firm. I understood how law firms worked. And I thought I really understood what these agribusiness entities needed, but I didn't know the industry and I didn't know the people. So I spent months considering and looking and thinking about who I might approach. And I was just taken right Beth, back to Beth Bechtel. And um, at that time, she was at the State Department of Ag. I lured her away. And um, we both had this very strong entrepreneurial spirit. Um, she came from a farm. She was in Washington, D.C., worked for Senator Luger. She worked for a large consulting ag company. She just had amazing experience. Mm -hmm. She was um, really connected and very passionate and was as excited as I was to start this practice. And I can't believe it, but that was 15 years ago. Wow. So here we are with um, a 25 plus lawyers focused solely in ag who really know the industry. And um, it all started with a trip to Japan with Mitch Daniels. Uh, I love it. I love it. Now, you and I, as you mentioned, Melissa, have worked together well over a decade. Uh, first with Governor Daniels, now with Agronovus. You've seen a lot of transition, a lot of evolution as this industry has grown and become more complex. Share with us how you've seen this industry evolve over the past decade, two decades as you've practiced. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I think you would completely agree with me. The biggest change that I've seen is the impact of new technologies. Without um, a doubt. It, it's technology has taken over in, in, in really such a good way. We're, you know, we're seeing fish and meat grown in labs. Um, we're seeing um, a whole new slew of, of industry issues that are developing as a result of that. Um, 
intellectual property, labeling, logistics are, are, are now more important than they've ever been. Um, we see more regulation, much more regulation, as in other industries, and really more complex policy initiatives that we need to understand. Um, climate change is really impacting the entire field of agriculture um, and how people are looking at that and how, you know, small farmers to large conglomerates are responding to that. Um, there's been a real shift recently in consumer preferences um, that I find very interesting, which can be um, somewhat challenging and, and provide for innovation, whether you're dealing with um, starvation or obesity. Um, and then there are, there are just meat replacement and gene editing and um, precision agriculture. We have so many people we know that are in that space and are making um, everything so much more productive. So, you know, data, analytics, that's technology. To me, that's the biggest evolution of what we've seen, which requires much more legal assistance, um, data privacy, um, mm. protecting your assets um, more so than ever. It's not just protecting the machine you're developing, it's protecting your private data. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that the piece that I love about ag bioscience, a $52 billion economy here in Indiana, is as we talk through these choices and these new innovations, even as it relates to data, many of these are an and not an or, meaning that there's so much existing structure, strength that exists in the Indian economy that can continue to grow and there can be lots of opportunity for that. But there's a whole opportunity that's the fastest growing category of our ag bioscience economy is ag tech, to your point directly. It can be and, right? We don't have to choose between one or the other. This is about rising tide lifts all boats. Let's go fuel growth here in India. And I love it. So true. Now, Melissa, I, I hear that now this is a rumor, I believe. I hear tell there's actually a Melissa Profit Day in the city of Indianapolis. Is that is that a real thing? It's true. It's December 14th, and I would uh, mark the calendar. celebrate it every year now. <laughs> <laughs> December okay, December 14th. That that's good. Um, I, I like it before Christmas, so we can we can exchange gifts. That's perfect. Now, I, I do want to ask a serious question here. You know, you have you have seen so much transpire macro business here in Indiana, as well as as it relates to the ag bioscience economy. You've really got a front row seat to many of the biggest transactions in the state and in the economy. Are there any that stand out? Is there that one transaction or that one evolution in the economy that you said, boy, that that's something special. This is really setting us up for the next big innovation. You know, um, I, I, that's such a good question, but I think I'm not going to answer it in a direct way. Um, and lawyers can do that. When I think about sort of the event or the transaction, what always has stand, stood out to me about this industry is truly the people and the uniqueness of the people. Um, having represented all different kinds of industries, I mean, throughout my entire career, um, Ag is different, and it's because of the individuals, and that always stands out to me. You have people that, of course, want to make money for their shareholders and, of course, want to feed their families, but they are truly driven by the desire to feed the world and to ensure that people are healthy and not hungry, and they really care at the core of what they do. So when I look at people like mutual friends we have, um, Kip Tom, Ambassador mm -hmm. Kip Tom, yeah. or 
Jeff Simmons um, from Elanco or Jim Morris um, or Sonny Purdue. These are individuals that are constantly changing what happens in ag. And to me, they're more prominent than any event. It's their commitment and their passion. And that is truly what grew me, drew me to this, to this area as a practitioner, because being around people in this industry on a day-to-day -day basis couldn't be more pleasant, enjoyable, and fulfilling. So I, I give the credit not to an event, but to the people. Uh, it's so good. And if you think, I mean, I look at this and I, I often share with people, especially if you're a student or you're someone who's trying to grow your career, there, there is one existentially required vocation in the world, and that's food production, right? We, we all have to have access to food. In many cases, you know, I, I really enjoy food. So maybe it's more than three times a day, but it is the only part of the economy that is at that foundation of a hierarchy of needs. And I think it's such, it draws such really unique people into it. People who are driven by clearly a, a, an element of sustainability, for sustainability in terms of business model, but really focused on caring for those around them. L last question for you, Melissa. Sure. We are constantly working with young people, as I mentioned, constantly working with those who are in college, right out of college, really trying to think through what's the next chapter of their career. Lots of demand right now for allied positions, specifically those in legal, you mentioned, really critical in today's ag bioscience economy. For those young people, maybe they're maybe they're at Maurer School of Law, maybe they're contemplating uh, contemplating law school, maybe they're a young lawyer. What advice would you share with them about considering a, a career path that takes them into the ag biosciences? Well, a couple of things. One, there are many excellent law schools in the state. Excellent law schools. Two, there are excellent ag-related educational institutions that globally recognized, you know, Purdue, Rose-Hulman, Notre Dame, IU, Huntington, um, just amazing educational institutions where they are going to get a top-notch education. Secondly, Indiana is one of the best states for ag bioscience. It just is. Um, between FFA, Agronovus, um, and the companies that are located here, and the industry that exists, the support we get from our governors, governor after governor after governor, the IED, IEDC support, um, they're just going to be surrounded by talent and expertise. And I think what I'm seeing more and more that's more and more important than necessarily where you get your degree, by that I mean what you hang on the wall to say where you graduated from, it is who you know. And so to reach out and network and talk to people, pick up the phone and call you, pick up the phone and call me, don't hesitate. Everybody wants to help. Everybody's sure. interested in bringing and luring talent to this state, especially in the agribusiness industry. And it will be so helpful to those individual students to talk to people in the industry and in, in the area to find out just tricks of the trade, what their experiences were, mistakes they made, um, success stories that they had. And just know between the type of people that are in ag, who's your hospitality, and the number of talented individuals in ag business in this state, they couldn't pick a better place to come and be, to be educated and then to stay and raise their family. 
I love it. She is Melissa Prophet. She's partner in charge of client relations and chair of the food and energy group at Ice Miller. Don't forget, mark your calendar, December 14th. Uh, it is Melissa Prophet Day. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mitch. Great being with you. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. Get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes, and you can always learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovas Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier, panel episodes by Gary Dick, Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To learn more and get all Ag Bioscience episodes, visit agronovisindiana.com.